There's no scientific proof that your body type says anything about you as a person, but this idea is back in the zeitgeist, and body typing has blown up into a surprising modern craze. Part 2 of how to find out your body type For a long time, humans held on to the belief that how we look is a clue to our personalities, whether that's the medieval idea that outer beauty reflects inner virtue, or psychoanalyst Carl Jung saying that bodily traits are not merely physical, nor mental traits merely psychic. Over the years, this has crystallized into certain categories of bodies and what they're thought to represent. Athletic, muscular bodies are associated with courage and bravery. Hourglass bodies are confident, romantic, and independent, while round bodies are funny and easygoing. And tall, skinny people are often seen as shy and introverted. Let's grow ourselves a big, lanky, goggle-eyed freak All right, calm down, mate. No, 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 I was joining in. you fatties. All right, no, I was joining in with what? Today, people are turning to the Kibby system to find out how to dress for their bodies. Bodies, yet what they're getting isn't just a type, but an image identity, and getting their entire essence defined as either a dramatic, a classic, a natural, a gamine, or a romantic. The great thing about Kibby is it will work for every height, every race, every weight. Of course, there is no proven correlation between what a person looks like and the kind of person they are. So is there anything to body typing, and why are we so willing to believe there must be? William Sheldon's theory of somatotypes dates back to the 1940s and splits people in just three distinct categories. Ectomorphs, tall and thin, introverted but artistic. Endomorphs, soft and round, sociable and relaxed. And mesomorphs, hard and muscular, risky and competitive. Sheldon's work has been resoundingly debunked as pseudoscience, but body typing in different iterations continues to periodically come back in, even in our modern era after there's been so much pushback to judging people based on their appearances. The Kibbe body type test has amassed over 80 million views on TikTok. On the surface, these categorizations, popularized by stylist David Kibbe back in 1987, are all about how to dress for the body shape you are, and they've caught on because they offer this guidance. Dramatics have long and sharp bones, so they need tailored pieces. Soft dramatics dress predominantly for their long bones, plus accommodation for curve. Kibbe's formula is based on the idea of softness and sharpness, or yin and yang, and is itself an adaptation of a concept introduced by Iowa State University professor Harriet Tilden McJimsey in her 1963 book Art in Clothing. If you have more angular features, more yang, you're a dramatic or a natural. Rounder, softer yin features makes you a gamine or an ingenue, and somewhere in the middle means you're a classic or a romantic. But in the style guide written by Kibbe, there are also plenty of character judgments amongst the more objective physical descriptions. Gamines are friendly and casual, classics have a gracious and serene manner, naturals have an informal, casual manner. And these characterizations come from the fact that Kibbe was inspired by old Hollywood divas. Joan Crawford, the archetypal dramatic. Ingrid Bergman, the natural. Grace Kelly, the classic. Goldie Hawn, the gamine. Elizabeth Taylor, the romantic. Debbie Reynolds, the ingenue. So he was effectively applying the characters they played and their on-screen personas to their body types. Fiddle-dee-dee. Ashley Wilkes told me he liked to see a girl with a healthy appetite. Ultimately, body typing is a way of putting people in a neat box, and that's actually a big reason they catch on. People are looking to definitively categorize themselves, eliminate uncertainty about which path they should follow, and then to latch onto an easy framework and a rule book to operate by. In general, it's recommended that theatrical romantics avoid that really baggy, unconstructed look. In that sense, the popularity of the Kibbe type goes hand in hand with personality categorizations like the Myers-Briggs tests, sorting people into type A or type B, or astrological signs and horoscopes. He's a Libra moon that says a lot! 
And while boxes may certainly be limiting, it becomes really difficult to tell how much substance body typing or any of these tests are onto because there's a chicken and egg situation at play. The more we believe in a certain idea of ourselves, the more we act to confirm that belief, and typing is modeled for us everywhere we look. On screen, the ubiquitous practice of typecasting makes us associate certain traits with certain bodies, often with problematic consequences. Actors like Melissa McCarthy and Jack Black both came up in comedy rather than romantic or dramatic roles, so we're seen as reinforcing a long tradition of fatter bodies being viewed as funnier. I did seven years of very dramatic, troubled plays, and I thought, I'll never do comedy again. <laughs> and then I moved to LA and just did comedy, so I don't know what I'm doing. On the flip side, actors who fit the more dramatic type, like Tilda Swinton or Anya Taylor-Joy, get cast as striking, aloof, complicated personas. And when actors change dominant personas, that often means altering their bodies. Chris Pratt was a more comedic actor in Parks and Rec, but then bulked up, got buff, and overnight began to get cast as an archetypal leading man. Mr. Mizrani wanted me to consult with you. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? Privately, we subconsciously adopt this messaging and apply it to ourselves, and when our mental image of our type is challenged, people can properly melt down. After Tressie McMillan Cottom went viral on TikTok for saying, Blonde is not a hair color. It is a signifier of a type of person. A number of other videos popped up of people who thought they were blondes having an identity crisis upon realizing they were actually brunettes. One of my favorite genres of video right now are brunette women spinning out because they've identified as blonde their whole life and finally someone told them that they have brown hair. And while some of the responses were more grounded or tongue-in-cheek, they still captured the way that if a person's hair color or other physical factors change over time, they continue to mentally put themselves in the old box. So then what happens when that box is broken? And regardless, given how multifaceted humans actually are, can you even genuinely fit yourself into any predetermined category without losing something important of yourself? You like something, you like it. I don't think anybody should be put in a box ever. One name who comes up a lot in body typing discussion as an example of an idealized kind of beauty is Marilyn Monroe. She would fall under the quote-unquote youthful essence or the ingenue essence. But in recent years, there has been an intense questioning of whether the extreme cultural objectification of Marilyn really serves her memory. Her intelligence, real personality, and career as an actor all get overlooked in favor of the idea of her body type, which contemporary celebrities like Kim Kardashian consciously try to evoke. Marilyn became the most famous woman in the world. She still is. Self-illuminating body, the star. Meanwhile, a glaring problem when it comes to body typing is that, predictably, it privileges the body types of white, conventionally attractive bodies. Kibbe's original system was all based on Hollywood beauties, but when you line up these conventional, beautiful starlets from Hollywood's golden age, is there really that much physical variety there? Nowhere is the bias of body typing more apparent than in its treatment of fat people. While some may assume the stereotype of the funny, easygoing fat person has pretty much always existed, in her essay The World Used to Love Fat Women, blogger Symptoms of Living illustrates how in ancient Greece and throughout the Renaissance, fatness was more culturally desirable than it is now. It was only in the late 19th century when thinness became prized, particularly amongst women. So ideas that are projected onto fatness in our modern era aren't just picking up on something inherent, they're subjective and culturally specific. And when you hold up any one ideal type of body for all to emulate, the result is that other body types become pathologized. I need to know that I have done one thing right with my life. 
also excluded from a lot of body typing discourse are disabled bodies. So in much of pop culture, if you ever do see a disabled body, more often than not, it's associated with evil and villainy. Doesn't have hands. She's got claws. Witches have larger nose holes than normal people. And all witches are bald. Many important cultural figures today consciously challenge preconceptions people have about their body types. Lizzo's high-energy, provocative performances have made people reconsider the things they are told about fat people being unfit or unhealthy. People reacted in a similar way to her revealing she was vegan. Speaking to Vanity Fair, she said, People were like, you're a vegan? What? Are you deep-frying the lettuce? I'm not a vegan to lose weight, I just feel better when I eat plants. I made vegan frankenbeans, add some vegan bacon please. Actor Peter Dinklage is also pushed beyond the boundaries of what is typically allowed for actors with dwarfism. He has played complex male leads like witty, flawed Tyrion in Game of Thrones and the romantic lead in Cyrano and The Station Agent. He's also openly criticized how stereotypes about dwarves are still perpetuated in culture, challenging the upcoming remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Seven dwarves living in a cave to get what the f what are you doing, man? We all make snap judgments about people based on what they look like, but these judgments typically say more about us. You call yourself Fat Amy? Yes, yeah, a twig bitch is like, you know, do it behind my back. Advice about dressing for your body type can truly be useful, a way to demystify something that doesn't come naturally to everyone and make you feel good about yourself. But applying moral value to that is dangerous and creates a culture where more people don't fit than do. That's The Take. Click here to watch a video we think you'll love, or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.